Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. And Mahomes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. That's the music. Arrowhead Pride Radio on a Wednesday night. Woo! You got to turn your microphone on if you want to get Rick Flair. Come on, man. You got to turn that microphone if you want to Rick Flair up in here. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens with you. Blake with you as well. Yep. Just want to let you guys know Playoff Pilsner is back, baby. Friday, January 12th, starting at 6 p.m. at Center Block Brewery. It's the third annual Playoff Pilsner release. I'll be broadcasting myself, Dusty Likens. In the flesh, live, starting at 6 p.m. The entire 610 Sports Radio staff will be there in the present. F325 Barbecue will be doing a special tailgate menu with wings, loaded mac and cheese, barbecue sandwiches. Uh, That's enough about me. Pete Sweeney, how are you on this new year? I'm good. I'm good. Happy New Year to you. Things are good. People are well, by the way. We are entering what's going to be like a bonus preseason game Mm -hmm. coming up on Sunday. We get the Blaine Gabbert game. Uh, So that's always a... Uh, a good thing because the team will get to rest before the playoffs. It's almost like a bye week. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's a pseudo. Who said you couldn't get a bye week as a three seed? It's a pseudo bye week. Not me. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we've just seen Andy Reid over the years. This is what he does. If there's nothing to play for in the final game, he'll kind of just punt it. And that's what you're seeing here. I mean, they're going to try to win it. I mean, he was clear about that today, but they are going to get guys rest and, you, you need to do that uh, at this stage, uh, and I think it's good for Pat. He actually popped up. I know we're about to talk about it, but he popped up on the injury report with an ankle. Oh, no. An ankle issue. Full same, par- full, one, same one. Full participant, but give him a week off, right? Be uh, full strength for the wild card. Season's round. over. Uh, that is Pete Sweeney. He's presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping Kansas City sports fans with all of their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. This is Pete Sweeney on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Ron Cop Jr., He'll join us at 6.15, but uh, we always do this before we get into the injury report, which you kind of tease there a little bit with the most important name on it. Thanks. Um, last week was, you satisfied or do you still have many questions? Because to cut you off before you answer, I'm watching that game. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. There's a Miller Lighter 7, you know, throughout the chicken, game. Chicken wings. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was not that night, but thanks for following on Twitter. Um, mm. But uh I'm watching the game. I watched the first drive, and I think to myself, where has this sort of drive, this sort of volume for everybody that's involved, where has it been all season? And then the very next drive, they completely go away from all of it. I think there's a turnover, mm-hmm. um, and it's like they don't use 10, they don't use 4. Where are you after watching that game against Cincinnati on like how it looked from a standpoint of the previous weeks or four weeks where they were, what, 1-3, and three, and now they win this game against Cincinnati and you know knock them out of the playoffs? Yeah, I think you feel okay. I think there was progress. It was a little bit of a a microcosm of what the season has been where they play well offensively between the 20s and, and can't really find a way to finish. Yeah. Fortunately for them, they were able to get in range for Harrison Butker, who was nails. And I think, as I mentioned, it was kind of a microcosm of the season. It also might be a preview of, of ways you have to win in this year's playoffs. Like, you are actually this year going to need Harrison Butker to make all his playoff kicks. You're going to need the defense to play like that. If they have a rough first half, and, you know, Jake Browning, I think, at the beginning of that game was really running all over them. Look good, to be fair. You need to make adjustments, and they did. They looked like they put a spy on him, Nick Bolton, 
And all of a sudden, things started to change. They were able to blank him in the the second half. And, you know, the offense is not the 30, 35-point offense, but maybe they can get to 24, 25, and everything else goes right. You don't make mistakes. You, you can still win in the postseason. So a little bit of a, what the season has been as a whole and a little bit of what they're going to need to do if they're going to want to have success in the postseason. Don't forget at the end of the show, yo, Pete, yo, Pete. your uh, Arrowhead Pride mailbag questions, yo, Pete question will give your uh, area code and question to the one and only uh pete sweeney over here so um also a thing of note uh i always love rivalries in sports i always love uh fights on the field as long as they're safe i don't want anybody to get like you know cold cocked from behind and get knocked out or anything like that but jamar chase runs his mouth um a little bit before the game saying he doesn't know anybody on the defense and then proceeds to have, what, three catches for 41 yards. Yet again, another wide receiver one. I get it. He wasn't fully healthy. Um, but another wide receiver one that does not do well against one Legarius Sneed who played, what, every single snap on defense? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, this defense is damn good. And I think this defense is where it needs to be at this point in the season. Do you think that if that first drive offense is there more consistently paired with this defense, you could see possibly this team? making a deeper run than maybe some think that could end in the divisional round or in the wild card round? I think it can. I think it can. I, I think in recent years, we've just kind of gotten used to what the Chiefs have always been, and that to me is an offensive-driven team. And they're just going through this year where I, I think they expected a little bit more from guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore. didn't really happen for them. And so it ended up being a little bit of a depleted offense. And I kind of figured, had to figure out, okay, well, what can we do to win? It's lean into Isaiah Pacheco, run the football, hit Rasheed Rice where you can. He's really developed into a nice receiver. Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. a little bit less productive than he's been in previous years, but still is a weapon for you. And just do enough, right? Like, you just do enough on every aspect of the ball. You're not going to blow anyone out. Uh, and don't make mistakes. You know, I mentioned this, too, I think, in this playoff run. That's important. I don't know if you're going to be able to get down three touchdowns and somehow miraculously find a way to, to win. And I don't think you're going to be able to make mistakes divisional round onward as far as turnovers, losing the turnover battle by two and still find a way to win. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that type of year. So yeah. I mean, if the, the chiefs play clean football, as we've been saying, they're a pretty tough team to beat. They just haven't been able to do it consistently all year. And you could win super bowls off the defense. We've seen it before. We've seen teams with not so great offenses, middling offenses over the years, find ways to win the Super Bowl defense-driven. The Broncos have come to mind uh, in 15. I, I mentioned the the 08 Steelers in the early 2000s, the Ravens and Patriots, teams like that. You can win that way. It's not as sexy, and it, and it definitely is not as fun. But I don't think anyone is really going to care if you're having another parade at Union Station. Mm, I know I'm not, but your ears might bleed here in a second. Oh, my computer's off. That's not fair. Ready to try this again. It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. All right, you hear her voice. You hear the helmets crashing. That means the injury report is live. It is 6.07 on a Wednesday night here on January 3rd. Pete, injury report looked as such today. Yeah, it was interesting. We'll only go through the Chiefs this time because the Chargers... Thank goodness. They don't really matter this week. We really don't care about the win. So, uh... Four key players were out of practice. Isaiah Pacheco added a quad to his shoulder issue. Rishi Rice, who we just talked about, hamstring injury. Chris Jones, a groin injury. Legereus Sneed still dealing with that calf issue. So that, that just goes into to show 
how impressive he was. I mean, he had to miss practice again today with the calf issue. So Pacheco, Rice, Jones, and Sneed all did not practice. Kadarius Toney was limited with a hip and an ankle issue. Travis Kelsey also limited with a neck uh, mm. issue. It is interesting, uh, especially to me, for the statuses of Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey, because I know that there are arguments to play these guys in the game. I guess you could put Jones in that mix, too, with the contract incentive. And it's a case here where if there's any question about these guys and an injury status, you probably should just hold them out. I tend to think if Pacheco and Rice are dealing with these minor injuries, that they are, despite being within range of 1,000 yards apiece, Probably going to be held out of this game. I do wonder about Chris Jones. He needs that half a sack for a million and a quarter. Mm-hmm. And then Travis Kelsey, of course, uh, limited with the neck injury, but he needs just 16 yards to reach 1,000. You start to wonder how injuries would play into that. One other one I want to talk about, Donovan Smith, back, uh, a full participant. He has been dealing with this lingering neck issue. That's why Wanye Morris has started four straight games. But all of these injuries are worth monitoring as we look toward... What is the final game of the season? You don't need to play any of your stars. So I wonder just how many of these guys go. That is the AP injury report this week for the Kansas City Chiefs. Don't need to hear about the Chargers. It doesn't matter. 325. If it's 45 degrees, should I golf? You're thinking about missing the Chief, another Chiefs game mm-hmm. to golf. It's 9 to noon show after hours. Mm-hmm. And then 325 Chargers Chiefs, Blaine Gabbert versus Easton Stick. You do a you do it after hours on the weekend on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I would say yeah. Just you can skip this one. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you about it. Because these games, or or I'm going to be a degenerate gambler and do like a three leg parlay on all the like incentives. I always find in this week in the NFL, you just go with all the dogs because nobody knows what's going to happen anyway. You're not putting money on the chart. Managers will take the points. What is the line? I believe the last time I checked, it was one point. They have zero respect for Blaine Gabbard. The Chiefs are plus one. I, you know, should MBS play every snap? <laughs> uh, pro- we- probably, but if if you want to be in for a treat, you should go back and listen to Blaine Gabbard's press conference today. Just a really cool guy. I mean, if you're listening to us on the AP Podcast Network, we got it on from the podium. Go back and listen to Blaine Gabbard. Really fun. I'm excited for him. I hope he. Uh, I hope he has a good game. I'm excited to see what his over-under is on yardage. Well, the one interesting thing that stuck out is he probably – he's not used to being at the podium right now, so he's probably a little too forthcoming in saying that the receivers are going to be a lot of Kadarius Tony. Oh. Uh, it's going to be a lot of McCole Hardman and a lot of your boy Justin Ross in this ah. game. So you're going to get a full bevy of snaps from Justin Ross. Okay. I know you've been waiting for that for a long time. Yeah. Um, MVS one or two drops on Sunday when he played against the Bengals. Cause that a drop that he had down the field that went, looked like from the angle we saw, it might've been a little long. I know it's not clarified yeah. as a drop or defined know. as a drop, but <laughs> I mean, is a, this is, this is tough. Uh, this is a tough scenario. It looked like a drop. This is a tough scenario for Marquez Valdez Scantling. And I'll tell you why, mm-hmm. because I, I think he's one of those players that's not going to play much at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think there are a lot of fans right now that, like, want him playing in this yeah. game because that would mean that, you know, he isn't uh, going to be featured in the playoffs. So I don't, I don't think you'll see a ton of them. 
There's not a whole lot to talk about with this game, but there was a lot to talk about with the Bengals game that I want to get into with Ron Cobb Jr. Plus the playoff picture, the scenarios, and then all that's followed up by Yo Pete. Yo Pete. Your questions here in the AP mailbag at 645. For Blake, for Pete, I'm Dusty. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Let the lead out, baby. Arrowhead Pride Radio, Wednesday night, January 3rd. According to Larry David, this is the last day you can say to uh, someone, Happy New Year. After today, you can't say it anymore. Get it out of your system. I'm kidding. I'm not that angry. Happy New Year. Thank you. I put a parlay on that you were going to say that, and that's one of the legs. The other leg is that Ron Cobb Jr. will join us and tell us that he's playing basketball tonight. So if you could hit that button over there to get him on the show. Oh, that's right. Uh, thank you. Oh, Blake. Oh, that's hey, why Blake does what he does. Um, Ron Cop Jr., Happy New Year and Merry Christmas and welcome to playoff football as we have one more boring week. Uh, what say you tonight? How's everything going on in the cop household? Dude, I'm, I'm, you're not cashing your parlay. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, season's over. Uh, the basketball season is, is, is behind us. What's new? Um, it's off season. You know, it's, 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 it's about time getting better, recovering, getting ready for next uh, rec league season. So yeah, Dusty, it's, it's off season time, but that just means there's more time for, for, to talk Chiefs playoffs, man. I'm, I'm pumped up. Yeah, uh, we opened the show uh, with Pete and I, and one thing that I really, really loved was that opening drive. A lot of Pacheco, a lot of Pacheco. Um, seemed like Rasheed Rice hasn't skipped a beat. Is that the formula that can keep this team going? Because I feel like time of possession with that defense and seven points, uh, this team could be playing another AFC championship game. Yeah, no, I, I wrote about it this week for the site, that I really felt like that's the formula you're going to see in this in this postseason is what you saw and how they beat the Bengals on Sunday. And I think there's good and bad ways in, in the way I put that. The good ways are, are the, the obvious things. You just mentioned it. The way they used Pacheco, I mean, first of all, he took 100% of the running back handoffs, right? No other running back even got a chance to, to, to carry the ball. And, and, and honestly, even though Clyde was inactive, that's got to be pretty close to what it should look like in the playoffs because he is such a difference maker with the ball in his hands. You saw the two 35-yard-plus uh, runs came on different run actions, but both were kind of the same uh, theme where, you know, if Clyde gets that ball and, and is the running back there, he might make a nice gain out of those plays, right? But it's not going for 35. And that's what Pacheco is the difference maker. He needs to continue to get the lion's share of the running back handoffs. And this team needs to continue to lean on him in the run game, but then sprinkling those explosive pass plays. And that's what you saw getting Rasheed Rice, not only down the field, but just in, just creating plays for him in different ways. On the opening drive, you actually saw him kind of line up in the backfield, more in like a tight end formation, and that kind of threw off the defense, allowed him to get open for an 18-yard run. So, yeah, I really liked what the offense saw. You didn't see a lot of pre-snap motion. You didn't see a lot of run-pass options. It was a lot of simplified stuff. They weren't kidding. You heard those pregame reports. And I think that's kind of what you need to see uh, in the postseason, get your main playmakers the ball and, and, and trust your defense. Uh, you know, that's the other thing, too. You know, we saw some, some red zone drives not finished with touchdowns, right? But Mahomes didn't force anything. And, and you know, one of those – you know, if he does force one in the end zone, it's an interception at the wrong time, you know, that could really screw up a postseason run. With this defense, you might just want to play it a little, a little more conservative this year. And that's kind of what you saw on Sunday. Maybe that's what we're going to see throughout the postseason. Talking with Ron Kopp, our lead analyst at ArrowheadPride.com. So I, I think the Chiefs have identified that they have this trust in Pacheco. They have this trust in, of course, Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. 
if you're looking for another weapon through the air that maybe you can trust in the postseason because defenses are better as far as you go, who are you looking at next? I mean, it has to be Justin Watson, who got a 41-yard catch in this in this last game. But the thing with Justin Watson is you've seen him at times this year maybe have negative plays. We've highlighted some negative plays of his. <clears throat> but that's because a lot of times it's because he's, he's used in, in the wrong ways or he's just used too much. He's used in too many places on the field. But it's it, that's honestly because of how the Chiefs receiving core has worked this year, right? He's one of the only, you know, veterans uh, that, that Mahomes trusts in the receiving core straight up. You can see it with how Mahomes throws down the field to him. And so all that to say, if you if you can narrow down Justin's, Justin Watson's role into the things he does best, which is vertical routes, creating separation down the field, you know, tra- running good routes down the field, you see that 41-yard catch this week, he does a great job of working across the field, making that safety really think he's committing to the over route, and then, boom, running the corner out. That's what creates so much separation for him on that throw. He is the best downfield receiver for this team. So when I'm talking about, you know, uh, mixing in explosive plays with the run game in the postseason, a one or two a game needs to be a, a downfield shot like that to Justin Watson because he, he is a good downfield receiver. And the other thing is defenses are giving them those opportunities. They haven't been able to take advantage of it down the stretch this season. But that one little glimpse you saw this last game is something they can continue to do uh, in the postseason. Ron, we saw from the first half of this game, Jake Browning was able to kind of just be that, you know, thorn in the side was, you know, it looked like a lot of times they were getting on first down, they were getting five or six yards with the run, and then they were getting, you know, third and twos with a QB run. But then we saw in the second half, the defense completely just, I mean, made 100% adjustments. Uh, what did they do differently in the first half they did in the second half um, that really locked down this Cincinnati offense that, you know, Jamar Chase, again, three for 41, uh, everybody kind of quiet T Higgins on and off the field with the aggravating hamstring injury. But what is, what is the the belief and the trust that with this defense uh, making the adjustments they have, that they can, they can get this team to a Super Bowl on their backs themselves. Well, we know about the coverage. I think we, we know we know very well that this coverage is, is going to be very good throughout the postseason, no matter who they play. They've proven that. I think it really is about this pass rush, and I think that, that was shown in this game where, you know, at first I think the pass rush was maybe getting some pressure but wasn't necessarily winning their blocks and getting into the backfield and, and getting to Browning. He was, he was able to kind of, you know, maybe it wasn't turning into big plays, but he was able to move, move around the pocket, maybe scramble for a few yards, just not get sacked really. But you just saw how once the game wore on, and as and, and as you know those 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 pressures kept coming, um, they finally got home right. And I think that that's a testament to the relentlessness of this pass rush. Guys like Mike Dana, George Karloftis are just absolutely relentless, and 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 guys that that can play you know as as hard as they were in the first quarter and the fourth quarter. That stuff's important, and and that's what you saw in the Karloftis sack, man. But you also see that they they kind of save maybe their best stuff for the end of the game where. You know, Karloftis, he could have lined up in, a, in that wider technique, uh, you know, earlier in the game in a pass down set and got gone around Brown. But he did wait for it in the right moment, really used that speed rush, that dip that Brown always has struggled with. That's kind of it's kind of a cool moment because it's kind of you can tell Karloftis, you know, playing that new that was going to be a, a good move to work on him. So all that to say is this pass rush, it's it, it may it, it may not, you know, show up throughout the entire game. But I do think it's something there's something to this unit you know, playing relentless, being, you know, uh, not tired in the fourth quarter when that offensive line is tired and also just spags maybe, you know, and the pass rushers themselves waiting for their, the, the right time to bring out their best moments. Ron, I, I kind of believe that next year the Chiefs are likely to not have Chris Jones while finding a way to keep LeJarrius Sneed, but 
Let's lean into the hypothetical here. Who's more important for them to keep here in your eyes? Would it be Snead or would you rather them keep Jones and let Snead go elsewhere? I know it's, it's, it's an age old question, right? Like pass rusher coverage. I'm, I'm always someone that is, that has said, look, you get your pass rushers first and then you worry about, you know, Hey, as long as, as long as you have like competent guys back there, if the quarterback can't get to the throw because the pass rush is so good, you know, I, I've always been of that belief, right. That you build from the trenches back. But man, when you see just how luxurious need just impacts this defense, the way he's able to do really everything in the back end in terms of being physical on the outside, but also just being a finesse player down the field, you know, not letting, you know, deep, deep routes get behind him. He really is the best, best of both worlds. I also do think though, it, it's, it makes it an easier question when you kind of put in perspective, both of their careers, right? I mean, Snead is just coming off his rookie contract. It is amazing, honestly, that he's, he's still only that young where it feels like he's been in the league for multiple contracts, but this is still just off his rookie deal. Chris Jones is, is, you know, he has gotten paid, right. And he is past that point, um, you know, to an extent. So, I think when you choose it between the two, it definitely feels like Snead's the, the obvious answer. But as someone that's always thought trenches were the more important thing, Snead's kind of showing me how important coverage can really help your pass rush because I really think this year's coverage is really uh, also helping the pass rush get home at times. Last one before we get you out of here, Ron. Sorry to turn my microphone off. First night doing radio. Uh, in this year's offense, the 2023-2024 offense, Rank of one through three, who's most important on this offense to keep it going in the right direction with what we saw, Pacheco, Kelsey, Rasheed Rice? Oh, I think Kelsey's third on that. Okay. Um, and, and I'll give you Pacheco one. I never thought I'd be here telling, telling us the Chiefs offense, you know, need, you know, the most important feature of, that, of the offense is the running back position, um, obviously outside of Patrick Mahomes. But with the, the team, how it's operating right now, I think it really is true because I think this run game is going to be super important um, to setting up the pass because you do have defenses, you know, not not necessarily uh, trusting or you know not necessarily you know defending the Chiefs' downfield passing right now. Um, but you know, if 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 they are able to you know hit hit those a, a few more times, that gets Pacheco going even more. But if Pacheco's established, man, that's going to open up things for Rice. So I really think those two are the guys. And Kelsey just, you know, he can continue to to be what he has been with, you know, in a few of these last games, you're seeing defenses take him away and the other guys feeding off him and shoot. You know, if, if guys like Pacheco and Rice are going to have 150 yards total, right, in, in these last games, I mean, that's going to, you know, that's going to work out. So I'd definitely say Pacheco and Rice are the guys we need to focus on, continue to get the ball to. And, and everyone else can kind of fall into their different roles. And as we do every time that you're on the show, before we tell you to leave or to tell you to have a great night, let the people yeah. know what they can look forward to with what Mr. Ron Cobb Jr. can do it over at Arrowhead Pride. Well, actually, I'll tell you, uh, tonight we'll be going live on the Arrowhead Pride YouTube channel doing mm. our AP film room. Uh, we usually do it Tuesday nights, but we've gotten, we've gotten to Wednesday the last few weeks. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, after you guys' show, come check it out. We'll do it a little after 7 at some point on the AP show on the AP channel, uh, uh, breaking it down, breaking down the X's and O's. All right, Ron, we'll have a great night. We'll talk to you next week before we get into the playoff action. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. You got it. It's Ron Cobb Jr., the lead film analyst over at Arrowhead Pride. Are you ready to talk a little playoff action? Get a little juicy on the other side? You want to get a little juicy? Sure. Do you like that word? Yeah. All right, it gets juicy on the other side on Arrowhead Pride Radio for Blake, Pete Sweeney, I'm Dusty Likens. This is 610 Sports Radio for Arrowhead Pride Radio. Listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. So good, baby.
baby, baby. Check it, check. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Juicy. Saturday, See? Attack, <laughs> See what he did there? Juicy. Don't forget, Yo Pete. Coming up in about 10 minutes, a little longer than that, about 13 minutes. Yo, Pete. 13. 913-586-7610. If you've got a question for Pete Sweeney, uh, we do that in the last segment of Arrowhead Pride Radio tonight, but also Pete Sweeney, who is presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping Kansas City sports fans with all of their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. Um, yo, Pete, 645-913-586-7610. But, Pete, uh, we got a doozy. Got a doozy on Sunday night, boy. You got a Buffalo-Miami matchup that's got a lot, a lot of riding on it uh, <laughs> between those two teams. In fact, you have one team that could win and be the two seed or lose and possibly be bounced out of the playoffs. Yeah. A team in Miami who's essentially had that division in the grasp of their hands the entire season and now has a chance to actually lose it. What do you like in this game, Buffalo versus Miami? Because I don't think we need to talk a whole lot about Chiefs and Chargers. Yeah, I think it's a shame that Bradley Chubb and Xavier Howard got injured for the Dolphins. That's their head coach's fault, by the way. Yeah, I just think... The hell are they doing out there that late in the blowout? Those defensive players are just so important for them. Yeah. And, you know, you try to make the equivalent of Kansas City. I mean, that would be like Kansas City losing Sneed and... Carl Loftus. Like a Carl Loftus right before the playoffs begin. Yeah. Um and I, you know, I think that would be tough. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as I want to say, like, it's a division game, Miami is at home, you know, there's still a, a great chance that they could win. I just like Buffalo. I mean, I like Buffalo to win. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I tend to think that the Dolphins will come to Kansas City the first week. So let's talk about Buffalo first, because there's juice on both sides of these games. That's why I was going to say it's going to get juicy. You got juice on both sides. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, Kansas City. Right. That's a 3-6 game that could, might happen. According to right now, it will happen. Um, why Buffalo over Kansas City? If the Bills were to play the Chiefs? Yeah, why Buffalo and then why Kansas City over Buffalo? Yeah, I think the Bills are the worst matchup for uh, the Chiefs because, you know, I, I look at, I look at you know, their offensive DVOA for the year. It's in mm-hmm. the top five still teetering around the top 10 defense at, at those measures. And I, you know, I just find that with Kansas city's offensive struggles, the bills really are still, I think they'd be able to do enough. Uh, and I think the bills offense is good enough to score on what I consider really good chiefs defense. And so it's not to say that I don't think the chiefs could find a way to beat the bills, but they probably scare me the most when it comes to, a matchup and just like a confidence standpoint. Uh-huh. One thing I really don't want to see, this is what I really don't want to see is a scenario in which the dolphins beat the bills and the, you know, the things kind of fall the way where the chiefs see the bills first. I think if the chiefs can win their first game at home, regardless of the opponent and it not be Buffalo, you're going to just feel a lot better. They're going to feel a lot better about you know, finding a way to beat Buffalo in a, in a second or third round. Um, you know, in the AFC. So it's kind of where I'm at. I, you know, if you're picking, if you could have any pick of the five teams, I think you'd want Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Buffalo is probably the worst matchup. So Miami, right. It seems like there's always parody in the NFL. 
Mm. Oh, I'm so mad. We didn't get the Miami game in Kansas City. It was in Germany this year. Well, now there is a chance right. that if Buffalo were to beat Miami. Great chance. Great chance. Yeah. Like Buffalo beats Miami. Miami goes to the sixth seed. They come to Kansas City for that first round of wild card playoff games. Tyree Kill in Kansas City when it matters a little bit more. It'd be to his first playoff game. That place is going to go absolutely nuts. Why Miami? Why Kansas City? Yeah, I think that these injuries kind of play into the hands of the Bills and what would be the Chiefs. And I don't know if you saw this today, but this is our NFL brain working here. But Tyree Kill, there was a helicopter shot of his house. Yeah, dude, that was insane. That was burning up. And everyone was safe, so I'm allowed to sort of make this lighthearted comment. And they did just to fill in real quick. They did just release it. Everybody's united and together, and like right, the, the house is clear. they're okay. Uh, anyway, so since they're okay, I could say my eyes immediately went to Tyreek when he showed up to the house, and he was in a walking boot. He was in uh. he was in a big walking boot, and so that's a huge blow. I mean, it, nobody knows better than Kansas City, besides Miami, of of what Tyreek Hill can do, and if he's at all limited, and now you're talking about two of your key defensive players. It it seems like the Dolphins are, are falling off a little bit, falling apart a little bit, entering the postseason, mm-hmm. whereas I, like, think the Chiefs are starting to find themselves a little bit. I mean, I was in that locker room uh, the other night, and lucky for the first time in a long time, it just felt like they were having fun again. And, and it's really been a tough year. And, uh, you know, I, I think, constantly you know you look anywhere uh, with the national nfl coverage and it's like reasons to doubt kansas city Mm -hmm. and they pushed through it wasn't pretty as we described in the previous segment but they managed to do enough and they won by eight points and they won the division again and this isn't a down year you know they were able to win a division with with one week to go and i you know i don't want to just also make vibes a main reason but i just think the vibes right now for kansas city entering the dance, as they say, are much better than Miami and will be much better than Miami, especially if Miami loses and loses by a nice margin to Buffalo, which mm-hmm. you know, I tend to anticipate is going to happen. So we power rank the AFC side of the playoffs as of right now. Baltimore, nobody touches them, right? Like they are the supreme or the top of, yeah, of what I it think is, so. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when you look at the other teams, Cleveland's to me still a Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the Joe Flacco thing's cool. I think Cleveland's defense is fantastic. I think it's them or the Chiefs, however you, you think, want to pick. Now, do you think Flacco's elite, though? No, no. not anymore. Okay. I think he was elite for, like, two years. I'm just asking. I'm just yeah. wondering, yeah. Um, Cleveland, Buffalo, Indianapolis, Jacksonville. You mentioned Miami, a team that's falling apart. Jacksonville, 100%, is kind of in that same thing. Trevor Lawrence is banged up. They're the four seed. And... The only team I really kind of fear in this whole thing is Baltimore. I know Buffalo is scary, and I know they can be a good team, mm-hmm. but Baltimore has proven to me enough because they blew Miami out yeah. before it got ugly. It was it was over before that game even got to the second half. Right. Um, Buffalo, I think, has always been able to win in the regular season, but they've never been able to win in the postseason, and they've only played in Kansas City. Um, which I get it. They're a different team now. They're, they're playing a little bit better. And now it's like, when is enough is enough. And it's time just, for a change. I just think there's a different feeling with Buffalo this time around, because a lot of times they've come in with these grand expectations, where it's mm-hmm. like, they really had to grind and get back in the mix here. And it's almost in a sense, like it, that almost gives you like a house money type of like looseness that maybe that yet they haven't had in previous mm-hmm. runs. 
not to say that any of that matters. You know, I, I think a lot of times in the postseason, if you're just able to win the battles up front, I mean, you're going to be in, in really good shape. And, and you know, I, I tend to think that no matter what happens here, uh, Baltimore still feels like the team to beat, and reasonably so. They're, they're just – they're not only the top team in the AFC, but they've actually, like, really played well mm-hmm. late in the year. And that's been the key – in a lot of these championship seasons for Kansas city is like really dominating December, leaving no doubt in December. And then you get to the postseason, you kind of keep that ball rolling, but Baltimore has the buy. So they're not going to play uh, in two weeks time, but you know, they have everything in their hands here. I mean, they could rest all their players. They can give them several weeks off since this, this thing is wrapped up already. Uh, you're going to have to play in their building, which all we can say, we, we know that Kansas city is good on the road, but, this regime, this era has not had to win that type of game on the road. So that elevates it a, a little bit. And so it'll be a really interesting AFC. I think it it's more wide open than ever. And like when I say I think the Ravens are clearly the best team, is it by such a significant amount that I can't see them upset? No. I can't you know, I right. can't say that. So I think the interesting thing about Baltimore is they lost one of their best offensive weapons in his replacement has been fantastic. Isaiah likely has been great. Yeah. Two touchdowns this past week. I think he had a touchdown the week before against San Francisco. He's just kind of filled in for a guy that'd be like losing to Travis Kelsey. Like Mark Andrews to Lamar Jackson is probably the Aldi version. That's not a shot at Aldi. I love Aldi, but like, they're not the, you know, sprouts or the, you know, the high V of, of connections with quarterback tight end, but it's, like the next one, right? Like it's up there he's with, good. you know, and, and he's been great. They got a little bit of like one of those Goddard Ertz situations now, I think, in Baltimore. And I should probably try to like lean into a little bit of those two tight end sets. Yeah. Those two guys are studs, yeah. Um, And then lastly, how much belief and trust do you have that once the playoffs start, you'll see that Patrick Mahomes in this Kansas City Chiefs offense? Or I guess team. You don't need to see offense, but it's a different offense this year. But that that – nonchalant like the clock doesn't matter because yeah. you you see this every year with guys like Flacco I'm in the playoffs in forever guys like Gardner Minshew Trevor Lawrence when that clock comes man it's just it's like all right all right everything's gonna be perfect whereas Mahomes gets out there and she's kind of like you know what did he yeah I I don't know about this year I okay. I think I think it's gonna have to be a complete team win okay. you know because I think the offense is gonna have periods in the the playoffs where it's gonna struggle it's gonna be up to the defense to kind of yeah shut the door and buy time and eventually you know you hope that the offense can kick start and get things going and find a, a way to win but it is possible i mean i i think i i just keep going back to these defensive first teams that have won we've seen that mm-hmm. happen it's not like it's impossible um you know kansas city's offense is gonna have to do enough this last game was a, a great sign as we just talked with uh, ron cop sorry about that as we just talked about with ron cop seemed like they got a little bit of energy from kind of simpling things down and I just think it was such a great sign to see the ball thrown down the field I'd mentioned on the drive and I'll repeat it here uh, over 100 yards of deep passing Mm -hmm. uh, which hasn't really been seen since Tyreek Hill left the team and so if you can get a little bit of that going and you get Pacheco going then suddenly you start to feel good about it it's going to be tough this will probably be the toughest road, especially just considering, you know, you're not going to have home field uh-huh. uh, to getting to the Super Bowl since Patrick Mahomes got here. Uh, and it, it'll be fun to watch. It'll probably be a little bit more nerve wracking for sure, but uh, it'll be a fun, fun playoff, fun tournament to watch. Coming up next is Alex Gold, that betting show from seven to eight live in studio because it used to be on the road. But actually what's coming up before that is Yo Pete. 
That's right. 913-586-7610. It's time. Pen? 913-586-7610. It's that time of the night. We go, yo, Peyton. Uh, it's Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Because you look so fine that I really want to make you mine. That's right. Are you going to be my girl? I don't know. Questions to be unknown. Uh, this is Arrowhead Pride Radio. We wrap this segment up. It is what we do every single night as we get into the Arrowhead Pride mailbag. You know how it goes. You say, yo, Pete. You follow yo, Pete up with a question. We read your number, yo, not Pete. the full number. And we get to your question. But uh, you ready for the guitar? Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. Yo, Pete, from the 720, what receivers do you think will be active in the playoffs? Question mark, question mark, from the 720. Two yeah. question marks, so it's serious. Yeah, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. As you a, got an answer? <laughs> yes. As, as, as I mentioned, you have the big... The big three, as they say, which are Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, and, yep, uh, everyone's favorite, Marquez Valdez-Gale. I think Hardman's up. I think Richie James is up. And this is an interesting aspect to the game on Sunday. I do think there's maybe a little, like, tryout going on between Tony and Ross and kind of seeing what they can do with a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. I, Not to say that any of these guys are going to get a lot of snaps in the playoffs necessarily, but who do you include, you know, for those, those, those role player snaps for sure. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think the chiefs have, you know, brought down their, uh, rotation a little bit and only leaned into a few guys. And regardless of who it ends up being, I think the most snaps you see are to rice and Watson. Yeah. Okay. Yo, Pete from the nine, one, three, Yep. If the Bills lose and still make the sixth seed, please tell me the evil schedule makers won't put the Chiefs on Monday Night Football spot wild card weekend. I'm sure they drill over Mahomes versus Allen again. Okay, primetime. We've already been hosed enough this year. It's a fair point. The thing that you got to remember is the Dallas Cowboys exist, so that mm. helps with that. Yeah. Regardless of who the Cowboys play, the NFL will consider them for that spot right now they're in the number two seed and so they would be matched up with the Packers that that would be a reasonable game to maybe expect in that slot but Chiefs Bills really good round one matchup wouldn't rule it out and yes that would be another rest disadvantage and the Chiefs are yeah. no stranger to that game at this stage uh yo Pete I was gonna ask this question but I have to uh from the 816 Pete yep do the Chiefs sign Dalvin Cook and go with a power running game? Question mark. No. no. <laughs> Don't you love anytime there's somebody that's a free agent? No. Chiefs? Uh, I've seen enough from Maybe? Dalvin as a uh, New York Jet to know yeah. that. he. You actually saw him as a New York Jet. Yeah, you know, he had a couple snaps oh, here and okay. there. I, I guess I didn't know he even played. I think he'd be better he suited. more snaps than Aaron Rodgers? I think he'd be better suited with Michael P. Ryan okay. with those snaps than uh, Mr. Cook, so. 
A no, a no for me, dog, as they say. From the 913, yo, Pete. Yo, Pete. This guy gets it. He put it in all caps or lady, whoever. Uh, why do the Chiefs not go after free agent cuts like Zach Ertz or Dalvin Cook on the offensive side, but have went after cuts like T. Suggs and Mike Pinnell in the past on the defensive side? Question mark from the 913. Well, I think it's all about need. And mm-hmm. at the time, they felt like they could add some big bodies up front, and it ended up working out because those seasons ended up with the rings. And you know, I, I think we've seen them try some offensive weapons in the past to go and get guys like a, a Josh Gordon or a LaShawn McCoy and you know, Kelvin Benjamin, Le'Veon Bell. Hasn't really worked out as much on the offensive side, so I don't know how much in a rush they would be able to um, or they would be looking to, to go at players like that. This is a really long question. Really, really long question. Yo, Pete, from the 201. Offense is still a concern. I don't want to poo-poo on the win, but the Bengals' D was missing safety, and their D is not that great. Although, good to see some deep throws. We did not score a touchdown after the first drive. I hope offense gets on the same page and gets it done because they are very talented. Yo, Pete, from the 201. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I'm not really I, sure if that was a question. No, it was more of a statement to yeah. react to. Uh, I agree. I think there's still room for the offense to improve, which can also be looked at uh, as an optimistic side of this thing. Mm-hmm. Keep saying the same thing. So sorry to be a broken record here, but it's going to have to be a complete effort. I mean, it's just not the same Chiefs offense that you've seen in previous championship runs. And so they're going to score what they score and the defense is going to have to hold them. Would you say you have a lot of pull around the station? Like you're a pretty popular guy. Like I'd say it's probably like you, Fesco like, and Carrington. I feel like pull is more, you know, I, I could influence decisions. I don't think I can influence a ton okay. of decisions. Well, maybe you can help out with this. Yo, Pete from the 913, tell Cody and Gold to give you my free pizza that I won a week ago. <laughs> hey, stick around and you yeah. can text that again. He's yeah. one, one half of that uh, tremendous tandem or, or is headed in. Yeah, Alex Gold will be right back momentary. in the uh, studio here to do that betting show. Um, hmm. So Sunday, no, no starters really playing. Uh, should we do an incentive parlay? Because Pacheco needs what? Like Not, a single gamer? Yeah, like as as an, S, an SGP. You can't you can't play the SGP unless the the regular team is in and both teams need to win. It's too it'd be too difficult to predict. Because Jones needs a half a sack. Can't do it. Kelsey needs sixteen they, yards. Jones might not even play. <sighs> this, Should, is, this is why Alex hosts that betting show and okay. you host this show. That's fair. Yeah. What do you got coming up the rest of the week on a uh, you know? subdue bye week we're watching injuries uh we are curious as to seeing will chris jones play will travis kelsey play both on the injury report so we'll be updating that we'll have some things to watch ahead of uh, this game not not the most exciting game in the world because no. you are looking at a blaine gabbard start but if you're interested in in what's coming out of arrowhead we will keep you updated arrowheadpride.com yeah no kidding uh blake let us know it's three and a half uh chiefs favored in this game that went us. up because yeah. the, the chiefs opened as the dog that's not good. Opened as a dog in L.A. where no one's going to be there? Come on now. Yo, Pete, will Andy run the ball in the playoffs? Question mark from the 816. Has to. Has to. I think the recipe includes at least 15 touches for Isaiah Pacheco every okay. game. Uh, I think it has to include that. It's Just 15 plays. total touches? I'm saying like bare minimum. Okay. I'd like to see them run the ball Pacheco 20 times. You want to see 20 rushes? Yes. And then maybe like five passes. Because oh, so he caught 20, the touchdown on a pass. 25 touches. Total, yeah. That's a lot of touches. I don't care. I want to see a lot of Isaiah Pacheco touches. 
You heard Ron Cobb Jr. say tonight, he's the most important player on this offense moving forward in this year's offense. Well, speaking of Without uh, betting on things, I would go bet the over because you're probably looking at like 13-14 for Isaiah Pacheco. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How'd you like this season? We started off in St. Joe, thunderstorms, tornadoes, had to abandon ship, and then here we are getting ready to talk about week 18. The days are slow. There's a lot to do, but it always flies. As soon as we start in St. Joe, you kind of blink. And it's Thanksgiving, you blink again, Christmas, you blink again, and we're into the, the draft season. You know, so. Kenny Chesney once said, don't blink. We wrote a song about it. Put it on your ox court tonight on your way home. I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not going to do that. What's on the dinner menu tonight? We are having air fryer chicken parm. Hell yeah. A little healthier. Okay. New year, new me. Healthier than the alternative of fried? Yeah, like fried in up. a pan? Yeah, fry it up in the pan. What are you doing in an air fryer? Not making it. Don't okay. Know. Don't know how. <laughs> don't ask me how the sausage is made. Uh, I'm really blessed to have a, a wonderful girlfriend cooking that up. Look at you. Don't know. Give her the floor, Pete. Finish the show with giving love to your girlfriend. Thank you for cooking uh, tonight. I appreciate that. You're a sweetheart. Yeah. Try to be more like Pete. Try All to right. be more like Blake. That's my New Year's resolution. Try to be more upbeat like you guys. Yeah. Coming up next, Alex Gold, that betting show. Big Al. The Goldilocks. Get them in. Bet the incentives. I'm Dusty Likens. That's Pete Sweeney. That's Blake. Is that we do every single night. Go do nice things for people. It's cool to care. Open a door. Say hi. Tell them they're beautiful. I don't care if you think it's creepy. It's probably not. It's cool to care. Good night, Kansas City. I love you all. We'll talk to you tomorrow night.